Welcome back to Evening Tea. I'm your host, Naz. Stay tuned for part two, the continuation of Surviving Dubai. So something I did, I managed to get the other woman's phone number and I contacted her. We texted for hours, hours, and basically she had been fed a different story. Of course, she was told that I was on a trip to Bali and we were in separate rooms and I was okay with the divorce and a whole bunch of other nonsense. Obviously, I quickly rectified the story and let her know the real deal. She seemed smart, open-minded, grounded. I found out she was a Virgo, she told me. I'm a Capricorn, we are earth signs. So I could relate to her. She seemed very well-grounded and balanced, unlike the person I was sharing a suite with. Once I confirmed with her or for her the story, she shot off a text to my ex, basically telling him to F off. I don't know if I can swear yet on my podcast, so uh, I'll just keep this, I'll just keep this PG. Um, Yeah, she told him to F off and that he should never contact her again because he is a liar and a cheat and all types of other things. As you can imagine, he lost his mind when she broke up with him. (laughs) Ironic? Maybe. He came barging in the room that I was in and freaked out on me about contacting her. What did I say to her? He wanted to know word for word exactly what I said to her. How dare I do this? How dare I interfere in their relationship? His words to me were, and I quote, You are so selfish. I have done so much for you in all these years. You couldn't just let me have this one thing. I had to remind him that this one thing that he's referring to was another human being that he was manipulating while he was with me. If I can save another woman from all of this, the lies, the manipulation that I've experienced for the last 14 years, I absolutely would. I would want someone to do that for me. The other woman, I referred to her as the coffee chick since that's who he used to take out for coffee and that is how this romance bloomed apparently. She said to me that she was worried about him. Worried in a way that she thought that it moved very quickly. She was also very surprised that within two weeks, he was confessing his love for her. At least she had the wherewithal to realize that something was not right with this guy. In fact, she also told me that the night that I reached out to her, she was saying prayers. She was praying on her prayer mat to God, asking God, and this was about 3 a.m. in Canada, she was asking God for guidance because although she was drawn into this guy, my ex, she was scared. So once she completed her prayer, 
I guess that's when my text arrived, notifying her about who I was and what was going on in Dubai. Now, if that's not divine intervention, I don't know what is. If you've ever experienced this, maybe you've experienced this next part. The other woman and I, coffee chick, continued to text one another as oddly enough, we found peace in being able to communicate with one another and exchange stories of what he has said, what he had done. We actually continued conversation until I arrived back home in Canada. She thanked me at the time for helping her dodge a bullet. Whether or not she committed to that, I don't know. I mean, we stopped communicating. Okay, so back to Dubai. How am I going to get by two weeks living with this guy? How am I going to get through this? This is how I got through it. I went into survival mode, and that meant we acted like we were okay. He kept saying that no matter what, we'll still be best friends, which didn't register, but I went along with it. I didn't know how to make sense of things anymore. So I didn't try to fight what was going on. I just acted like everything was fine. We went to breakfast and appeared to be a, a regular happy couple. We would go to the pool. We would go to the Dubai mall. We would go into shops together. We would go for walks around downtown Dubai. We would go to lounges. Well, whatever was open. We would try the restaurants that we said we always wanted to try. Turkish restaurants, Thai restaurants. We acted like we were still a couple. We held hands. We did everything a normal, happy couple should be doing. And on the outside, nobody would have suspected anything. On the inside, I was dying slowly. You might be wondering if there was still physical intimacy. And the answer is yes. It was awkward. It was strange. It was, it felt foreign. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel normal. I didn't like it. During mealtimes, we would talk about Things that couples talk about. What's happening in the world? COVID, is this for real? While I was in Dubai, it didn't feel like this global lockdown. Nobody was running around the streets looking for toilet paper. That's what we were seeing all over the CNN and BBC and news networks. Like total madness. And my ex and I joked around that, you know what? Maybe being locked up at the palace downtown Dubai is not so bad compared to what I'm seeing in North America. The pandemonium on the streets and the stores. I think, I think we'll be okay just hanging out in Dubai. I think we can, we can beat this thing. Let's just stay here. It's not that bad. We were fooling ourselves. I remember we walked into a jewelry store. It was a Tiffany jewelry store. And... I recall the sales girl that was helping us kept trying to push engagement rings on us. 
And my ex and I would just look at each other kind of awkwardly and just tell her, no, that's not what we're looking for. I just went in because I thought maybe a piece of jewelry would make me feel better. So I was perusing the different aisles of jewelry, beautiful items, right? Um, I guess she noticed I didn't have a ring on my finger. I haven't worn a ring in maybe 13 years. That's a different story that nobody really cares about right now. But in any case, um, she was like, let me show you engagement rings. And I wanted to scream, I did on the inside, that no thanks, we're actually getting a divorce, but thanks. I actually made a joke to my ex as we exited the store with no jewelry. Um, yeah, maybe we should wear t-shirts that say getting divorced instead of the ones that you see when people are getting married, his and hers, Mr. and Mrs., bridegroom, right? I don't know. I guess I was just trying to find humor in a time there wasn't any. Despite all the hurt that I endured in Dubai, despite all the horrible things that my ex said to me to just tear me down, I knew this happened for a reason in Dubai. It was my awakening, something I have felt was years in the making. And unfortunately, as painful as it was, I had to go through this to come out on the other side successful. So when we were about to leave Dubai, one thing I would always do is break my journey in Toronto, Ontario. I would spend two or three days just to rest from the jet lag and say hi to some family and some friends and just enjoy some days in Toronto before I head back to Alberta where I live with my daughter. The flight back to Toronto this time was just extra miserable because of obviously what we were dealing with and what the world was dealing with. The global pandemic, COVID, coronavirus, the long lines, extra long lines. Although we would fly comfortably in business class, all the business class lounges had been shut down, business and first. Everything had been shut down in Dubai, which made absolutely no sense to me because then we were all herded like cattle in this one little gate with the rest of the passengers. So the Emirates A380 at full capacity carries 853 passengers. So if you can imagine, you know, seven, 800 people in this one little gate, oh my goodness, it was horrendous. I was not impressed with you, Emirates. On that 14 hour flight back to Toronto, I had a lot to think about. Mostly I was just trying to calm myself I still found it difficult to breathe. I was trying to think about how I could calm myself before I returned to Calgary. How would I face my family? How would I tell my friends? And also, I was thinking, how am I going to get by another three days in Toronto with this guy? So I'll fast forward a little bit. On the last day, in Toronto when I was just packing up my few little items 
to take back to Calgary with me. My ex comes into the room early in the morning and says, how can I make this right? And I just looked at him. What do you mean, how can you make this right? There's absolutely nothing you could do to make this right. He seemed a bit flustered and said, I've been thinking about it. I know what I can do. Let's go get married. We can go to the courthouse. Let's get legally married and let me buy you a house. Are your eyes rolling yet? Mine still are. (laughs) Oh my, I had no words. I basically just said, I'm getting on my flight to Calgary and I am leaving today and it's done. We are done. I landed in Calgary and had a car service pick me up and take me home. Now I'm under strict quarantine and self-isolation rules. So that's what I did. I did not see any member of my family for a few weeks. They were kind enough to drop groceries off for me outside my condo door, but I didn't see anybody. And thinking about it, I think that was the best thing for me. I did not have the strength to face my family. Although they were completely supportive of me, they were not fans of my ex. So for them, this was the biggest blessing ever. About time, right? I needed those two, three weeks to myself. Mostly because I cried. I cried all day, every day. I could not listen to music. I could not watch television for about a month or two. I think two months. Everything was a trigger. Everything was a reminder. On my fridge at home, I had magnets of all the places my ex and I had visited. Dubai, the Maldives, Seychelles, Barbados, all over the Caribbean. I had to remove all of those magnets from my fridge. Anything that was a reminder, I had to hide it. I could not bear to look at it. And um, I did not want my daughter to see me in this state. We were always raised to be strong women. My mother always told us, it's weak women that cry. You have to stay strong. Do not show your emotion. Only weak women show emotion. And that is something I grew up with. I didn't believe that it was okay to cry, that it was okay to show emotion. But during that moment, it didn't matter what we had been taught. The emotions came through, the tears came through, the wailing came through. It all had to come through. This was my soul cleansing itself for the last 14 years of being deceived, lied, manipulated. I had to cleanse myself and this is, this is what it required and I allowed it to happen. And I am grateful for that time alone and for my family for taking care of my daughter while I grieved, while I mourned a death, while I mourned a relationship. So just going back to what my ex said to me on the day I was about to leave about getting married and buying a house, we would speak on the phone a few days afterwards and I asked him, did you mean what you said? And he said, what do you mean? And I said, did you mean what you said about going to the courthouse and getting married and and buying a house? And he kind of laughed and said, of course not. I just thought if I said that, it would make you feel better. 
I eventually had to block him on my cell phone, on WhatsApp, on social media, because having any contact with him was detrimental to my mental and emotional health. One thing I had extreme difficulty doing was looking at myself in the mirror. I didn't recognize myself. My eyes had swollen into gigantic golf balls from crying day and night. There was a little voice inside me screaming, Naz, get a hold of yourself. You need to get out of this. You need to stop crying. No more tears. I knew I was not going to be able to get through this on my own. I needed help. So I started researching psychologists and was lucky enough to find one. Even during the time of COVID, they were offering telehealth, so I was able to do a virtual appointment. In my next podcast, I will talk about the steps I took for my therapy, for my healing. I will admit this was a difficult episode to get through, and it's probably taken me a few hours sitting here in front of my mic and my computer because I had to keep pausing and taking deep breaths to recall and relive some of the most painful experiences I've ever experienced. Okay, wow, that was a tough one, guys. Thank you if you made it this far listening to my story. If this is something you've experienced, my sympathies go out to you. I know it's not easy. And wherever you may be in your recovery journey, know that there is a lot of support out there. Well, I am going to end this episode now. It took a lot out of me, I'm not gonna lie. You've been listening to Evening Tea. I'm your host, Naz. Thank you for joining me once again for tonight's episode. Until next time.